it was such a an answer, a direct answer to prayer where God said, I'm not, I'm not done with you. It, it doesn't look the same. It's not a partnership like I thought it was, but I'm not done with you. You're still here and I, I'm, I'm still going to use you. Hi, my friend, Scott Young here with the Influencers Podcast. Our co-host, Dave Donaldson, is out on assignment because he's a very busy guy. But I want you to stay tuned as we just learn how to increase the influence of our life to affect our world and to spill out to touch the world around us. Today is a conversation that is deep, um, heart-rending, and uh, will help people that are facing grief, maybe in holiday seasons or in a special day that's coming up. Our guest is Paige McMahon. I met Paige uh, very recently. She was with us at a gathering we had in California. We were out in Bakersfield, and uh, she sat at a table with our co-host, Dave Donaldson, and he listened to her story, and he immediately came over and said, we need to get Paige into the program tonight to just share a little bit of her journey. And so we threw her up on the platform. She did great. It's a story um, that I've delved into as I've listened uh, to her voice and listened to her talk on some uh, YouTube videos. Um, I've shed a tear because it's a story of grief. She's, a, she's an Arizona uh, lady. She uh, grew up in Arizona. She uh, met her husband, John, in Arizona. I think you met each other, a page right when you were like junior high students? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we were on 12. Yeah, you were on 12 years old 12 when years she old. met John. At, and you married John out of college, right? Yes. Got out of yep. college, married John. They have uh, three beautiful children. They uh, were active in service in their community and ministry. They helped to start a couple of churches. And then John uh, became the airport coordinator for the Buckeye Airport in Arizona. And he was uh, uh, trained as a pilot, but their whole world changed uh, 2017 on June, when John and a, and a friend, two-seat airplane, went up and, uh, and crashed. And it, it threw Paige's life into um, a tailspin, I guess would be a fair way to say it. Yeah, um, for sure. <laughs> thank you for joining us just in this conversation, Paige. We're so glad that you're here. And I think that people that are listening, that are facing grief, going through grief, uh, we'll just be um, very interested by your story. Um, so welcome to the Influencers Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Mm, thank you, Scott. It's just, it's an honor to be here. And yeah. this story can uh, bring some encouragement and hope to somebody going through something similar than, than to God be the glory and all of that. Yeah, I, yeah. I believe it will. Can, can you, do you remember where you were when you heard the news that John's plane was missing or it, it, it had crashed. Do you remember that? Um, yeah, I, it was summertime and I was a teacher at the time. So I was not, um, at school. I was at home doing some studying, summer studying stuff. Uh, he was supposed to be home. Uh, it was a Tuesday. Uh, we had plans that evening to get the kids to tell the places where they were supposed to be. And so he was supposed to be home about five 30, um, and I had not heard from him that day. Mm -hmm. uh, I knew that he often 
was uh, not able to take calls or texts during the day. He had two phones, a work phone and a home phone or a personal phone. Um, and he was a man of a fewer words on text. You know, it was one or two, but he wasn't responding during the day. Not uncommon. Um, he was supposed to be home around 530, uh, six o'clock came around. He wasn't answering phones. He didn't come home. You know, and after 19 years of marriage, you you kind of get um, annoyed. <laughs> like we had a plan. The plan's not yeah. working. I've got to start canceling things because I can't get three kids to three different you know, places at, at once. Yeah. And so um, I was actually at my, had to go to my neighbor's house. They were holding a, a jewelry party that a friend of mine was hosting. So I went over there, told the kids, you know, stay home. Well, I don't know what's going on. Finally, um, about seven, I, I stepped out of the party, called his phone one more time, both of his phones and his personal phone was answered by somebody that wasn't him. And then I knew something was really, really wrong. Wow. The plane had crashed. They, he's that the guy on the phone was a friend of the pilot. They had come in from Texas um, and said that, that John and, and the other uh, gentleman had gone up about eight 30 that morning and mm-hmm. were supposed to be gone for a couple of hours and they still were not back and no one had been able to locate them. Uh, I think he had called Civil Air Patrol, but because Buckeye is an unmanned um, airport, there's no tower there. John was the only employee. So so the guy that was there did not know who to call for the city of Buckeye or or who to call about John. So he he called Civil Air Patrol and then let them kind of handle it. And so um, things were happening in the background that I didn't know about, that he didn't know about. Um, So he thought eventually to go to John's personal vehicle and that's where he found his mm-hmm. cell phone. And he just, when I called, he answered. That's why. So at that point, John was just missing. They were missing. Then eventually, eventually you learned that they had gone, the plane had gone down. And where were you when you, when you really realized my husband has is not here he's died when did you where were you when you i was in the um pilot's lounge at the buckeye airport um once he told me that i left i called john's boss who's a dear friend of ours and said john's missing you you need to call somebody um buckeye pd came um my pastor came uh some some friends that were part of our life group at church that john was the leader of they came down to the buckeye airport uh and we were there so like it was probably not till after 10 o'clock that night that uh, Buckeye PD came in and they were able to say certainly that they had found the plane and that there were no survivors. Um, it was they had found it earlier that day, but there wasn't a good way to identify it 100 percent because the tail had broken off from the rest of the plane and the markings for identification are on the tail. So while they had mm-hmm. found the fuselage and, and the, the, the guys, they could not say anything to me until they per- positively identified that. So it wasn't until later that night. So that first wave of grief hit you when you were in that lounge and uh, would have been with you for days. Tell, just people that are listening that... Um, uh, maybe have a friend that's going through grief. What was it like when you felt those those early days of grief? Um, it, in some ways, it's kind of hazy, and I think God does that to allow mm-hmm. you to just go through it, right? Because it was so 
my my world was wrapped up in him and, and us as a, as a partner and a pair and um, everything had just changed and um, it it was enough to just want to get up in the morning and and have to yeah. face that all again and have to face friends and family and so uh, the the weight of it um, was um, almost unbearable in the beginning and, and just letting other people make decisions and uh, trying to connect with my kids as much as I possibly could. Um, but just really wrestling with my, with my faith as far as mm-hmm. how could a good God let this happen? This was a great guy. We were involved in so many different things, like, you know, as if, you know, I deserved anything. It was like, how I, how do I reconcile this my my reality and my theology and, and the, the clashing that it seems to be happening um, on top of just the everything about my life is now a hundred percent different and you feel that you feel sick but nothing's really mm-hmm. wrong with you you're you're not sick nothing's broken you wake up the next day and you it's just another day except that nothing is the same nothing. And I think there is something, your heart is broken. I think that's what you're feeling at that, at that point. Um, but the people that were around you, uh, in those early days, um, what were the things that people said to you that helped you? Um, and what were maybe the things that people said that you wish you didn't, you didn't hear? Um, first I, I know that Anybody who tried to say something, it came out of heart, out of a heart of wanting to help, right? So, okay. I, it, it's hard to fault somebody for saying the wrong things. Um, but there are, um, you know, there were were some who I didn't consider safe because it yep. was either putting words into my mouth or or talking um, uh, in a way where you know, you do the spiritual ease talk where it's like, oh, God's going to use this to show you something or, or, you know, God's going to just, it just very, very pat so that, answers. So that language didn't help you. No, like was, not at right. all. So that, that's what I'm asking. Like, so yeah. Okay, and good. it's just like, I don't care that I might learn something from this spiritually right now. I just want to back. I, I don't, I don't care about that part. Um, the people who sat with me and let me just cry. Um, my sisters both shared different songs with me that, um, uh, that spoke to grief or that spoke to suffering. Um, and music really has, I, I am in touch deeply by music. And so that was very mm-hmm. helpful to hear the words that these are different artists would put, um, to music that I could relate to and like, Oh, that's what I'm feeling. I just don't know how to say that. Um, but mostly just yeah. presence. They didn't even have to say anything. One of my friends came over um, probably a, a week after and we just baked cookies because I'm a, I'm a baker normally, but yeah. um, uh, it, we didn't say a whole lot. We didn't talk a whole lot. We just did something together and she was just there. And that was as meaningful as anybody trying to, at the beginning, help me see yeah. what God was going to do. Because I would eventually see that. But that's not yeah. what I wanted to hear right. in the beginning. Yeah, yeah, it, that's really powerful what you just said. Just the, the the gift of being present, 
And uh, sometimes when we don't know what to say, maybe we should just, we shouldn't say anything. We should just sit and be, and there's a, there's some, I think people feel uncomfortable sometimes. Well, especially because death, we, our yeah. culture doesn't have a way of dealing with death, especially tragic mm-hmm. death. We don't even see our food die, right? There's so yeah. many different um, countries and and whole societies where that's just a part of their life. The chicken runs around in the morning and then it's on their table in the, in the evening. We are so separated from death as a, as a culture. And so then mm-hmm. when you are confronted with traumatic death, um, we just, you, you go to the service, you celebrate life, you say, we're, you know, thoughts and prayers. And, and then you're kind of expected to just move on and not really talk about it. And I, I think that was so such a stark realization to me um, that I, I've got, I can't necessarily say what I'm thinking or feeling because there's a lot of people that aren't going to know what to do if I were to be honest with what I was feeling mm-hmm. and thinking. Even in the Christian community, and, and I love yeah. church and I love yeah. um, uh my my friends and family that are, are are believers, but even there, we don't really. The finality of death is lost on so many. Even me, I have to say, I'm, I was in that camp before this. So, so can you can you t- say the things now that you wanted to say them, but you were hesitant to say because you didn't know how they'd be received? You you know what those things were that were. I wish I could have said, but I didn't know if I could say it because how would it be received? Um, to some degree, I can talk about the pain and the emotion. Um, there was some that only another widow would understand. And, and, you know, as, as much as you don't want some God to bring them in your life because they're a widow now is because somebody died, um, to have a few other widows that weren't, 85 and had 60 years of marriage, um, not as yeah. many of those around, but there were a few that yeah. came in and, and I could feel safe and speak to them things that I really needed to, to get off my chest or say that they understood. And that, that was helpful. That was very helpful. Have you had the opportunity now, like you're a young widow, have you had the opportunity to touch other young widows have you had that part of your journey at all um there have been a couple who've been referred to me like in church i didn't know them before Mm -hmm. you know they lost their spouse but after um you know a friend would call and say hey this just occurred this is a friend would you mind talking with her and so that that has happened a couple of times and it's um it's you know i I don't know if you call it an honor but if i can do anything to help somebody kind of wrestle with that journey in that path, um, then, then it, it feels like some of it's being redeemed. And so, um, there's, you know, not a lot of us around, you know, a, a widow in your forties doesn't, or even your, you know, thirties and twenties, there's, there's, it's a very mm-hmm. small club, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, definitely one that, that is dear to me. So, so you and John were parents of three children, boys or girls, you have three children, boys, three girls, kids. Were, um, the oldest two kids. are boys. Uh, 20, yep. they're now 22 and almost 20. And then my daughter is uh, 18. And how did they deal with the loss of their dad? Um, well, um, the, about four days after the accident, when we were, it was the first time where all four of us were together by ourselves. Mm-hmm. 
uh, there wasn't, you mm-hmm. know, cause so many family and friends came in. So we were finally by our, uh, just us. And mm-hmm. I, I wanted to really find out, like, I don't even know where to begin in, in helping them deal with this. So I asked each of them, like, what is your biggest concern right now? What's the biggest thing on your mind that maybe I can, I can help put to ease. And my oldest um, said, I don't, I don't want a stepdad. <laughs> and I went, wow. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, that's the last thing on my mind right now. And that isn't (laughs) the last thing that I thought you would say, but to put your mind at rest, um, that's for another day that, you know, if that comes sometime down the line, it is not going to happen right now or anytime soon. So you, I don't know. I still don't know exactly why that was such a, Mm -hmm. a pressing issue to him. Um, but I, I was like, okay, got that one. My middle son, um, said, um, how are we going to be able to pay our bills? Cause it, he, he's my numbers guy. Right. And, uh, yeah, he definitely. knew that John was the, the, the main breadwinner. I mean, I was very supplemental as a, as a public school teacher. And, and I said, you know what, honey, um, I don't know for sure what that's going to look like, but I know that God has always provided and he always will. So, yeah. uh, whatever, whatever that looks like, um, he will provide and we can, can watch and see how that happens. And so, um, my daughter was 12, almost 13. And she said, who's going to walk me down the aisle? That was the one that I, I just broke me because I couldn't fix that. You know? And and I said, you have brothers and uncles that love you and grandpas that will probably fight over that role when that comes mm-hmm. in your life. Um, yeah. But, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get there. Uh, so I think that, that by having them just have the, the space to tell me what was on their mind, I could not have guessed yeah. any of those answers. Yeah. Um, it gave me a little yeah. window into their heart to, to, to start asking God, okay, how do I, how do I minister to their hearts where they are, not where I think they should be, but where they are. And so that, that was the beginning of that. And then, um, you know, as the summer came to a close, uh, I, uh, they got into, um, uh, something to focus on. So my um, oldest was starting um, tech school. Uh, it's, it's a program where you can do high school and, and tech school at the same time. So he was taking computer courses at the tech school. So that was like 7.30 in the morning until 6.30 at night. So that um, gave him a lot to focus on. And it was his dad's idea. And so he felt like he was doing it for his dad. Yeah. And then my middle yeah. son was my sports guy. And so he had football. Um, so football went all summer and all, you know, football was like all encompassing. So he had something to focus on, which again, his dad and him could connect with sports wise. His dad, John and I were both track coaches, um, the, the year that, that year before, well, the year he died, um, for Nathan's track team. And so, um, he kept busy with that and Lizzie, my, or my youngest, um, didn't really have something to focus on, but she was a dog lover and she, wanted a puppy. We already had two dogs <clears throat> and I'm not the hugest animal lover in the world, but <laughs> my mom felt that giving her that project and something to focus on and train. Um, so we went to a rescue and we found a puppy and my mom was right. Like she put her time and energy and 
some of her motion, like the, the emotional support animals, which I really did, I thought was, you know, kind of a non, <laughs> a non, non thing, um, turned out to be that little guy was now, is like five now. And, um, he was such a powerful force of comfort for her and something to focus on <clears throat> until she decided what else she was, you know, going to do as she, cause she was in eighth grade. So trying, you know, not quite high school, the end of junior high, um, and so <clears throat> that's how we got started. And, um, and they, in the course of the last five years, um, none of them have walked away from their faith or have, um, mm. you know, said God is, is awful. They, they believe that he is good mm. still. And right now, all three of them are students at GCU. So at Grand Canyon University. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so uh, my oldest graduates next month, um, a, a semester early, so. So yeah, yeah. That's you, where they are. being a single mom, a challenge. I just think it was so beautiful that you sat them down and asked that question to open up a window to their soul, to not project on them what they think should be thinking, but really to ask them what's going on in your heart, in your mind. That's a great question. You you re- you wrote somewhere uh, about an even if theology from the Bible story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Um, can you just tell me what that is and what that means to you? Um, I think as I was wrestling with the goodness of God and wrestling with um, what I knew to be true about his character and what I was experiencing in my reality and and how it, they didn't seem to measure up, I just kept going back to what I knew to be true about God and his character from from scripture and, and study. And, and so um, none of those things, none of his character is determined or, or based on my circumstances. And so I had to come to this point that I, when the kids were little, we watched a lot of veggie tales. And so it was Rackshack and Benny uh, in our house yeah. for a lot of years. Um, but when they are confronted with um, denying their faith or a fiery mm-hmm. furnace, their response was, um, our, our God is powerful enough to save us from this fire and, mm-hmm. and save us from you, really, because you're, mm-hmm. you're really nobody to him, um, the, to the king. But um, even if he doesn't, we will not deny him as Lord and Savior. He, he will not deny our faith. And so for yeah. me, you know, my even they they were saved from that fire, right? It was a, it was a, it was a beautiful ending to that story. I, I didn't get that ending, um, mm-hmm. so it, it it's my even if you took you, you allowed John to die, and and yet you are still faithful, you are still good, you are still mm-hmm. uh, purposeful in the plan that you have for my life, and. Um, I, I will solidly believe that you will continue to be faithful and that this was a part of your plan. And and I don't know why I will never know why. And one thing I yeah. did not like was people trying to trying to, to guess why this had to happen or I, I don't yeah. know. And I, and I don't think I will yeah. ever know. And I'm okay. I, there, there's yeah. a lot of peace with not, not knowing why it, it had to happen. It might, you know, it might be a first question I ask when I get up there, but, um, uh, it was it was leaning into Jesus as I as I 
felt knew in my head the character of God and in 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 desperately held on until I felt it in my heart that dis- I think some yeah go despite so, all I think of some this, of those yeah it's like the, Paul talks about looking through a glass darkly and there are some mysteries in life that that we I don't think we have answers for in this world I sometimes think about a jigsaw puzzle and you get that one piece that just seems to be from another puzzle that doesn't fit into your puzzle. And you can go crazy going around and around and around, around trying to find a place, or you can put it on the table and continue with the puzzle. And eventually you go, oh, that's where that piece goes. And I think there are pieces in my life, and I think this is maybe one for your life, is you're content to leave it on the side table, that there's some mystery to it. But maybe when we see him, we'll see some things we didn't know and understand some things we don't understand. So I guess that's a matter of faith trusting. And you've continued with your puzzle. You've continued into a life of uh, service and uh, you, you're you serving your community through uh, Grand Canyon University has partnered with CityServe, mm-hmm. which is a compassion philanthropic uh, organization. And just tell us how you're, you're now using your life. You're not staying in a little cave. It, the grief may still come, but you're you're using your life in a in a acts of service. Um, yeah. So uh, in 2021, I um, really felt like teaching had come to an end for me. Um, not because I hated it; I, I very much enjoyed it. But I always felt like when I had when John was here, we were it was very much a partnership that we're you know raise the kids. But when they get, you know, out of school, th- this teaching thing wasn't going to be the end of, you know, I, w- I wasn't going to be a teacher for 30 years. So, um, but but he and I, it, it, he'd go back into pastoring or we do aviation ministry or whatever. It was like, you know, when the, when the kids are kind of on their own, there's this big uh, open possible world that whatever God is going to do with us, we were kind of open to that. So when he died, I thought, how am I ever going to be in ministry again? I'm not a pastor, um, but but I want to still serve right now. The the weight of single parenthood is not allowing for a lot of that. And I I had to focus on that, focus on my kids. And so we kept, I kept as much the same as I possibly could. But as they started graduating and getting older, I'm like, okay, God, I, I really, tell me, please show me that you have service for me. And, and not that teaching wasn't service in a way, but there was just a little tug. There was something different. Mm-hmm. And so in 2021, May of 21, I really felt God saying, it's time to let go of the security of this job and the benefits that came with it and the, 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 the comfort of something that you've been at for nearly 10 years. Um, you need to let go. And I'm going to show you uh, where to go, go next. And so I didn't sign a contract. Um, I filled out a bunch. I, I started looking at nonprofit. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to be a pastor, but, but there's gotta be some nonprofit, some Christian ministry somewhere where I can use whatever skills I've learned as a teacher and, and just ministry volunteer along the way to be a part of. And so I started looking at different Christian ministries, filled out a lot of applications. Um, and in the meantime, had time, um, because I'm not really good at just sitting there and not doing a lot. So I, I uh, did started doing some volunteer work for Arizona Community Impact, 
um, which was uh, is a Christian organization over in the west part of, of the Phoenix area that serves on the underserved families in there. Um, working with them, they are the ones that said, hey, we have a meeting at, at GCU. I'm like, oh, that's that's great. And, and they said, we got to learn how to be a pod partner. And in my world, POD was pastor of the day. I'm like, <laughs> I, don't I don't know what pod means. And if you're not in the city of world, most people don't know what pod means. And so um, so I'm like, okay, we'll go to the meeting with you and see. Um, so we went, we signed up as a, as a pod. Uh, we were number five. And so started to... Which is a point of distribution, just so yes. we clarify yes, that for people not in the world. Partners that go and pick up resources from the city serve warehouse and take them to the families and, and right. individuals that your ministry serves. So we started doing that, um, got really excited right away at the possibilities and, and the doors that it was going to open. Uh, for ministry with the other churches that we with, worked with, but also the individual families that were referred. And then um, started noticing that, you know, that they're just starting out. They could use some help here. And right now I have time. I won't always have this time. I do need to find a, a job, but I have a little bit of time. And so I started volunteering there, getting to know the guys that were working there. And um, as it got later in the fall, they, they're like, you know, and get to know each other. I shared a little bit of my story where I was possibly headed, didn't know exactly, total career change. And um, they said, you know, we're going to we're gonna need to, to add someone in the new year that would work with our pod partners and, and continue those relationships and help streamline some of the processes that, that we have in place for getting the goods to them and getting them picked up. And, and uh, they said, we really would like you to consider applying for that. And I was absolutely, it was, it was such it was such a an answer, a direct answer to prayer where God said, I'm not, I'm not done with you. Yeah. It, it doesn't look the same. Yeah. It's not a partnership like yeah. I thought it was, but I'm not done yeah. with you. You're still yeah. here and I, I'm, I'm still going to use you. And so um, February of 2022, I came on, on staff full time with GCU City Serve and I, I just love, absolutely love uh, what we do there and what I get to be a part of. And um, here I am. <laughs> it's yeah. been fantastic. And so much wisdom, Paige, so much wisdom that you've shared uh, in our conversation. And, and I just want somebody to hear that's listening what Paige just said. You may be going through grief. It may be a dark season of the soul but God is not finished with you yet. She just said that. So, and other just things of wisdom, the, the presence of being with someone when they're going through mourning, maybe in the holiday season, you'll find a place just to sit with someone. So much wisdom that came out, Paige. Thank you just so much for sharing your journey and insight into your journey. And uh, thank you for finding a place of service with CityServe and uh, with Grand Canyon University. And just thanks for being part of the conversation. Oh, thank you, Scott, so much for listening and, and having me on today. Thank you. Friends, keep being an influence where you are. Um, let the effect of your life reach out to change your world and the world we live in. Shine bright in a dark world. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Influencers Podcast on the Charisma Podcast Network. If you enjoy our content, we would love for you to subscribe and have the opportunity to tune in to future podcasts. You can follow us on all social media platforms 
at the Influencers Podcast Official. You can stay up to date, hear more inspiring content, and unlock your full potential as an influencer. Remember to use your influence to create lasting change that draws the world closer to Jesus.